If Washington wants to get right with voters, it has to start listening to them. Welcome to Beyond the Bubble. I'm Alex Rorty, and I'm a national political correspondent for McClatchy covering Democrats. And I'm Katie Glick. I'm also a national political correspondent for McClatchy. I cover Republicans. Every last Tuesday until Election Day 2018, we're going to spend some time together talking about the biggest lies from the campaign trail and beyond. This week, we're looking at the lies of March. Katie, who's going to help us break this down? We have the super smart Aaron Schrockman from PolitiFact who will help us figure out who is telling the truth and which politicians might be stretching it. All right. You ready? Let's do it. January 20th, the day the people became the rulers of this nation again. And our ideals and fundamental values are being attacked. Do we retreat or do we fight? I say we fight. He heard those voices that were out there that other people weren't hearing, and he just earned a mandate. It is time for Democrats to grow a backbone and get out there and fight. The American people would like to try something new. We would like to see the country go in a different direction to change the course for America. He doesn't take this presidency seriously enough. So to all Americans, hear these words. You will never be ignored again. So, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, it's great to be here. The lies of March. <laughs> it sounded really nice. I'm, I'm excited to get into it. I almost wanted to say the Ides of March, but I guess that was the uh, the, the wordplay there. there Aaron, uh, just like every month in Washington and beyond, plenty of lies to dive into. But let's start here with the president, as we, we typically do on this segment. He, he said something uh, awfully interesting at a March 14th fundraising event in Missouri. Why don't you tell us what that was? Yeah, he has told this story apparently a couple times, and he was talking about Japan, uh, one of his favorite topics, and particularly the auto industry. And he told this story about how in Japan they take a bowling ball from 20 feet up in the air, and they drop it on the hood of the car. And if the hood dents, then the car doesn't qualify. It's horrible the way we're treated. The last part of that, by the way, is talking about the trade war when it comes to autos between Japan and the United States. Trump has long argued that we get a raw deal when it comes to Japan, when it comes to auto manufacturers. But he tells this story about the bowling ball being dropped from 20 feet up in the air. And I, it's, it's one of the interesting things because as we started to fact check it, the White House was, I think, also trying to figure out what the heck he was talking about. And so as we're fact-checking this, they kind of come back and say he was joking. Obviously, he's joking about this particular test, but it illustrates the creative ways some countries are able to keep American goods out of their markets. But that's not going to stop us because apparently he's told this story a number of times. And in fact, there is something similar to the bowling ball test. Uh, now, there are no bowling balls and there's no 20-foot drop. But Japan's National Agency for Automotive Safety and Victim Aid does perform what's called a pedestrian head protection performance test. Speaking of things hard to pronounce. Exactly, right? And it's designed to measure the force someone's head would absorb if a car hits them. So they essentially do crash into the front of a car with what's essentially supposed to be a head. And the idea here is the exact opposite of what Trump said. Trump says if the car dents, it's no good. The actual in Japan, they're looking for denting because they want to see how the head would react to the traumas. Of course, okay, American cars must meet a Japanese standard in Japan. But again, Trump mangled here this highly controlled process. And so uh, Donald Trump here gets a false on the truth of meter for this claim about the bowling ball test that just doesn't exist. 
I remember this this story, I think, confused political reporters on Twitter for the better part of 24 hours. People trying to track down <laughs> the origin of the story and, and understand exactly what it is that the, the president was was trying to say. Uh, so, Aaron, you have done a public service uh, for, for all of us uh, to, to help track that down. Our reporter had a lot of fun tracking all that down. And so I think uh, that's the cool part about being a fact checker. We get to go on the hunt for these facts sometimes. <laughs> Some amazing facts. I had no idea about any of that. <laughs> So, Aaron, next we have a meme from March 24th. It is a doctored image that shows Parkland school shooting survivor Emma Gonzalez, according to this meme, ripping up the U.S. Constitution. What's the deal with that? Yeah, well, first, this rates pants on fire. This is a complete fabrication and a hoax. And really one of the scary things that we see at PolitiFact, and we think we're going to see a lot more of, is these uh, issues of doctored images that are circling around the Internet. These are things that if you see them with your own eyes, you're more likely to believe them. And this is, in fact, the case here. There is a GIF in an image of Emma Gonzalez allegedly ripping up the U.S. Constitution. That is incorrect. That did not happen. The actual original image was taken from a video by Teen Vogue that appeared alongside an op-ed that Gonzalez wrote entitled, Why This Generation Needs Gun Control. In the real video, Gonzalez is not ripping up the Constitution, but a gun range target poster. Uh, So at PolitiFact, and you can probably do a a simple Google search and you can see the two images side by side, and you can kind of figure out quickly how this is a hoax. Um, This is something we're seeing more and more at PolitiFact. I think something that should be worrying and concerning to a lot of people. Um, It is one thing to be able to Google search a story and kind of begin to understand if it's true or not. With images, it is very difficult and it's challenging. In some cases, the fakes are really good. In some cases, they are obviously pretty bad. One of the accounts that shared this fake image is someone called Linda, the NRA supporter. She was suspended sometime after this post, but multiple other Twitter accounts including Adam Baldwin, the uh, Baldwin brother and actor, have shared the posts. Oh, wow. They are doing so sometimes. They argue in the name of political satire. That always makes me angry because I don't think those people know what satire means. This does, would not qualify as satire in, in any way, shape, or form. It's truly an image that is meant to trick people into believing Emma Gonzalez was doing something that indeed she was not. Well, thank you for clearing that up because I saw that ricocheting around Twitter yesterday. And so good to, to have it here. That is entirely false and fabricated. You know, Aaron, I wanted to ask you, too, to, to piggyback on Katie's point. You know, you mentioned how we've seen a lot of doctored pictures uh, online that you expect this to be more common. You know, there is some reason to believe that we could, you know, start to see more and more of even doctored video. Is that something you're expecting to see? Is that something you're already seeing? Yeah, so it, I mean, it happens. I mean, I think the, I think researchers at the University of Washington did this as a test, but they were essentially able to take a speech Barack Obama gave and use the video and then splice up words and make it look like he said whatever exactly they wanted him to say on that day. I think these things are going to get very and highly sophisticated. The reality is, is after the 2016 election, a lot of people, fact checkers, Facebook reporters, have spent a lot of time trying to debunk text misinformation and hoaxes. And I think that we're going to see the hoaxers moving into new directions. And so it's going to take a whole new set of skills and new resources for the average person listening. The one thing I would recommend as a place to start, go to images.google.com. You can actually search any image that you upload. You could take the post here, the picture of Emma Gonzalez, and run it through the image search to see where else it appears. 
that might tell you a couple things. One, that'll tell you if there's multiple versions of the same image, right? So in this case, it would have alerted you to the fact that this was a gun range target and not the Constitution. But also, this will help you in the case of looking at older images or recycled images. We often see this in kind of crisis or trauma situations. You know, people are saying, here's a scene from the Charlie Hebdo attack. Well, it might be from something four years earlier somewhere else. And so that's one easy, simple thing that everyone can do. But we're going to have to get a lot smarter collectively to kind of combat this going forward. So I want to pivot back to the president, Aaron, um, and something else he said at at a fundraising event in Missouri. As listeners know, Connor Lamb won a special election a couple of weeks ago in the Southwest Pennsylvania district. We spent a lot of time talking about it on this show. But at this event, the president had uh, some actually nice things to say about Connor Lamb or Garrett, you, you, you tell us. Yeah, I think he had some nice things to say about himself. And so the, the quote that came out of the fundraiser for Josh Hawley in Missouri was that Connor Lamb ran on a campaign that said very nice things about me. I'll cut to the chase and let you know at the top that that claim rate's false. We could not find one instance of Connor Lamb saying one very nice thing about Donald Trump. So again, let's decode kind of Trump speak here and figure out what, what, we, what we think this means. What we think this means is that uh, Lamb showed himself to be in agreement on certain policy points imposed tariffs on steel and aluminum from goods being imported from outside the United States. But we could find not one example of Lamb specifically praising Trump in any way. The Lamb campaign said Trump's here assertion was false. And this is one of those things where, you know, Trump could have made his point by saying something completely different, which is that Connor Lamb supported some of my policies. It suggests that Connor Lamb said nice things about Donald Trump is just inaccurate and false. So after a deep, exhaustive dive, we came up empty. And so we rated uh, Donald Trump here on this claim false. All right. Now, I have a question for you uh, back on my old beat uh, concerning Ted Cruz, of course, a current Texas senator, former presidential candidate. So we have here, and I think we we, we have him on tape on, on March 6th saying that Beto, his opponent, wants those open borders and wants to take our guns. Beto wants those open borders and wants to take our guns. Not a chance on earth he'll get a vote from millions of Texans. So this is one of those claims that as a fact checker, you get really frustrated by because open borders is a very specific thing. What you know about open borders is we see it in America and where we see it is in between states, right? So uh, basically anyone can travel between any state without any impediment. (laughs) Open borders might be closer to what you see in Europe, but even then the European Union is not an open border system because anyone who flies to Europe has to go through passport control and really get inspected. So Ted Cruz's claim here, in many ways, just kind of rhetorical nonsense. Beto O'Rourke and other Democrats before him do support generally pathways to citizenship for uh, undocumented uh, Americans living here in the United States. Many Democrats suppose uh, funding of a border wall, but that doesn't mean that they want open borders. That's just kind of, again, nonsense. And, and Ted Cruz, quite frankly, knows in my mind that that uh, is, is an incorrect assumption. Um, on the second point, he uh, wants to take our guns. Again, essentially, Ted Cruz's evidence here is that Better O'Rourke supports some restrictions on gun ownership. Um, again, uh, taking our guns means a very specific thing, and it's quite obvious. It means 
we take away, the United States would take away people's right or ability to have guns. No Democrat, no, no mainstream Democrat in Congress or otherwise or running for the Senate, no mainstream Democrat has proposed anything like that. And so Ted Cruz is here is as giving a good political soundbite and political talking point. But when you really go down into the actual weeds of the claim, there's not much here. O'Rourke opposes the U.S.-Mexico border wall, yes, and feels that existing fencing doesn't make the U.S. safer, but there's no evidence O'Rourke wants open borders without restriction. O'Rourke backs a ban on the future sale and possession of about 200 kinds of guns, including the AR-15 and, and its kind of lookalikes, but the legislation that he co-sponsors doesn't provide for officials to take away any guns held lawfully at the time the measure becomes law. So even in that case, it's a forward-looking measure, not a backwards-looking measure. So in this case, uh, we rated uh, Senator Ted Cruz's claim false. Okay, so we're going to move on to everyone's favorite segment of the show, the lightning round, where our panelists will name one mover or shaker for 2018 or possibly even 2020. Aaron, you're up first. For me, it's uh, Florida Governor Rick Scott. He is signaling uh, that he is going to announce his run for the U.S. Senate in April. His chief of staff in the governor's office has resigned, assuming to take a place in the Senate campaign. And he stopped fundraising for his state-funded PAC, assuming again that he's going to start raising money for a federal race. So uh, Florida is going to have a very expensive Senate race in 2018. Rick Scott can self-fund. And you can bet the Democrats are going to pour a lot of money to keeping Bill Nelson in office. So it's going to be a very interesting, expensive race between two tall, thin guys. So uncharismatic thin guys is what I'd probably add, but uh, it'll still be interesting, I promise. <laughs> it is going to uh, certainly be a, a flashpoint, too, for gun politics in this country. In, in the wake of Parkland, I think a lot of groups are looking at that Senate race that now seems all but inevitable as kind of the, the front lines in, in that battle. Uh, Katie, uh, what do you got? Going with Debbie Lesko. She is the uh, Republican candidate running in a special election in Arizona, uh, which is unfolding later this month. It is a quite conservative district uh, for sure. But after the loss that the Republicans took in the Pennsylvania special election, they are already pumping a lot of money into this race. Um, they say it's just to be extra certain, um, but, but no doubt that they cannot afford to have this race even be close. Uh, that, that's sort of the thinking. So uh, she's a Republican candidate. So we'll see how she does. Katie, are we going to do this again with another special election? Oh, my God. How many have we had already? You know, it's always fun. We have our routine down. We'll come on Beyond the Bubble. We'll talk about it. Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's your turn to travel uh, this time. So so have fun in Arizona, I guess. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Like, give me the sun. Give me the warmth. <laughs> yeah. We got on the East Coast. So, yes. Yeah. After this winter. So my Democrat to watch is a guy by the name of Sean Caston. He actually won the Democratic primary in Illinois' 6th Congressional District last week. A little bit of an unexpected victory, but I think the reason to highlight him, he is a candidate who unequivocally supports a ban on assault weapons and, in my mind, really represents a change in posture that we've seen from the Democratic Party recently and in particular, I think, after the, the Parkland shootings where the, the party is really out front and, you know, is really strongly in favor of gun control and is no longer worried about the NRA, isn't worried about seeming to have these kind of moderate centrist positions on guns. We're seeing farther and farther reaching proposals. You know, and if a candidate like this in a, in a key suburban battleground is going to support something like an assault weapons ban, it stands to reason that many, if not most, of the major Democratic House candidates in 2018 are going to do the same. And it's certainly something worth watching. 
Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it was great being here. I'm looking forward to the lies of April already. Sounds good. <laughs> Katie, thank you so much. Great to be with you. See you soon. Thank you to producer Jordan Marie Smith. And thank you, our listeners. We want to hear from you. So please send your questions and comments to btb at mcclatchy.com or connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash beyondthebubblepod. Tell us what you're seeing in your battleground states. We might even ask you to call into the show. And check us out on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, or whatever podcast app you use. We want to say thank you to everyone who's left us a review or a rating. Talk to you next week.